it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello, I'm Vaughan Benison. Thanks for joining me for this episode of New Horizons. We've gone way back into the archives for this one, back to 2015 and the convention held in Perth in 2015. Now, I have to say, we've run this a number of times on New Horizons over the last uh, eight years or so, but it always gets really positive feedback. So I thought that uh, it would be time to run it again. I think it's been a couple of years since we've run it. Jenny Dawson lives in Western Australia and is discussing her experience as a blind parent. Now, some will say that they broke the mould when they made me. Yes, I knew I'd get a bite from somewhere. Um, And they they certainly did because in the 80s I was a little bit different to most women. I never wanted to be a career girl. I did, however, want to be a mum. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mum. I wanted to raise a family and I had the opportunity to do that. And fortunately, because my husband was able to keep me in the style that I became accustomed... (laughs) I was able to stay at home and raise two gorgeous boys who are now adults. Um, Trevor helped in that somewhat, but I was the main (laughs) caregiver, so I'm here doing the talk today, and and he's not a woman, so, you know. He must know his place, right, girls? (laughs) Now, when you have two parents who are blind, and Trevor and I are both totally blind... There are certainly um, several challenges in raising children. And do you know what the most significant one I actually believe is? Not being able to drive. And when you've got kids and you need to be chauffeuring them around to all the sorts of things that they like to get involved in in the community, then not being able to drive is actually like having a disability all on its own. So... We had to do a lot of thinking um, initially before we decided to have children to, you know, we had a good hard think to see if we could, um, felt that we could actually do it and do it well. And we decided that we could. Now when the children were babies, and I'm not going to talk about practical solutions so much today as the fundamentals of, of parenting, I think, particularly when you're blind. When the kids were little babies, it was actually, in some respects, quite a lot easier. It got more difficult when they got to be on the move, and, oh, boy, can a crawling baby move fast. (laughs) So one of the things that I deployed was to put a bell on their shoulders. And I'll tell you a little bit, a little story as we move on about number two son. But... Um, when, they were, when they were tiny babies, really you just had to make sure that you were organised, you had everything that you needed for nappy changing and bathing and everything at your fingertips and you could be a successful mother. However, the first hurdle that I had that really shook me to my core back then because I was going to do everything for my child was that our firstborn, Scott, had congenital cataracts and had them both removed by the time that he was four months of age. 
And you know the thing that got me? I couldn't do his eye drops. And that, that really did shake me to my core. It wouldn't these days because I've got nothing to prove to myself or anyone else. But back then, I sure did. So we had to figure out how we were going to tackle that and we, we had a visiting nurse come to do it. So that was, the, that was the first real anxiety I had. Even more than when he was diagnosed because there's all these people fluffing around us offering cups of tea and, you know, and oh, isn't it tragic? Your child has got this problem and I, I'm sitting there going, well, come on, can we get on with it and solve it? <laughs> because disability to us... Meant nothing, well, it had no fear. So the next stage of childbearing, or child-rearing, I should say, the bearing had been done, um, <laughs> was when they were toddlers. And, of course, they like to explore. So what you need to balance as, as toddlers, and one of the lessons that I had to learn was being able to give them enough freedom um, and not stilting them and learning to trust them. And sometimes we don't trust our children enough. And our kids learnt fairly quickly, and it was fairly instinctual, that um, they would know when they could take extra freedom. So they knew when there was a decent pair of eyes around that could keep an eye on them. And they knew when they were with us that they couldn't stray as far, mind you. Number two son did try that occasionally. Um, so again, it was instilling in them those things. Now, when uh, one of the strategies that I employed to sort of become known in the community and to start to create a network of other parents, because you really do need that bit of support from the community to ensure that your kids lead... Um, a life just like every other child in the community. And one of those, the best strategies, I think, to this day that I decided I needed to do was actually to get involved in the playgroup movement. And by doing that, other parents got to know me, particularly mums, because dads should have been out working, in my opinion. Um, <laughs> and when it came to uh, needing to get to, you know, playgroup picnics, uh, when it came to the kids going off to preschool and I needed lifts for them to get there, that all then happened. So that held us in good stead. And then we moved on to the school years. And one of the things that someone said to me when our kids were very young, and I have never forgot, forgotten, and I would give this advice to any of you and to, you know who, who want to have children, they must feel special because of you and not disadvantaged because of you as a person who is blind. And I never forgot that. So when it came to the kids going to school, I actually went with my guide dog and I learnt how to navigate that school. And the reason I did that, because I never wanted to feel that my kids had to come to the front gate to meet me, that they had to escort me to assembly because the other kids in the playground didn't do that. I needed to be able to come and go just like any other parent. Driving was out of the question, but, you know, can't do everything. Uh, and I did that. And, of course, 
Uh, the notoriety that the kids got, and this is where do- guide dogs can come in very handy, I was the only parent who was allowed to bring the dog to school. <laughs> and on assembly days, she would march up where we had assembly, take me to where I sat. Didn't matter if anyone was sitting there. That was our seat. And you know what? They always moved. I'm not sure, though, whether they moved for me or actually Jess, the dog. Probably the dog. Um, can you imagine, actually, if you've got... You know what it's like when you've got a guide dog, you don't get a look in with other people? Well, when you've got a baby and a guide dog, you really don't get a look in anywhere. <laughs> So the other major thing about child rearing, I think, is um, in some circumstances you need to shift the responsibility onto them for certain things. Now, this is a pretty fine line that you have to tread. But what I mean about that is if our kids didn't do their homework, sure, they could lie to us and tell us that they did, they did it and we couldn't check but who fronted the teacher the next day? It wasn't me, and I didn't know. If they went to school in something that wasn't their uniform, didn't bother me. I didn't know, because I couldn't see it, but they copped it at school. So by shifting that responsibility a little bit, and there were other things as well, I think it actually did the the world of good. And today they have such fantastic life skills, and yes, they used to do little things for us. But again... You have to be mindful of how much you, um, you ask them to do for you. And we always allowed them to express their um, frustrations at us being blind because we had them too. And we always had an open policy about that. And you know the, fr- the frustration that happened more than anything else? Oh, God, Mum, I wish you could drive. <laughs> and I used to go... Oh, and so do I. So our kids have grown up. Um, the oldest is 27 now and an auto electrician. He was the one who had the cataracts. And um, he has far out exceeded our expectations of, of what he can see and he drives and he's an auto electrician. The youngest one who always pushed the boundaries, he um, is now a pilot in the Air Force. And he flies Hercules out of um, out of Richmond in Sydney. Not bad for a couple of blindies, eh, to produce a pilot. And he's been asked often along the way, "Have you had your eyes checked?" <laughs> and we used to call him Eagle Eyes. Now my time's probably just about up, but I'll just tell you a, a very quick little story. This child was my. His name is Christopher, and he was my challenge. When he was two years of age, he actually climbed the fence and got out. And I'm out the front thinking, oh, my God, how am I going to find this kid? And it was probably only about five minutes. And then my neighbour walks across the road to me and he says, you know, I don't believe this kid. And and I'm calling and calling. He's standing over there and he's watching you and he's holding on to his bells. (laughs) Jenny Dawson from Western Australia. And as a reminder, the annual general meeting of Blind Citizens Australia is coming up in just a couple of weeks. If you'd like to attend that meeting and you haven't already registered, make sure you do so. It's on the 14th of December. If you'd like to know more, have a look at the member update. And if you don't receive the member update, get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia and let them know. Or, of course, you can have a look at the BCA website and uh, register for the annual general meeting there. 
If you'd like to get in touch with Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1800 033 660 1800 don't forget that Blind Citizens Australia relies heavily on donations from the public. If you feel that uh, you've got a little bit extra that you can provide to support Blind Citizens Australia, you could become a BCA backer and uh, donate regularly. I think it's every month or so from your credit card. Otherwise, you could do a one-off donation. If you'd like to find out how you can do that, you could uh, contact Blind Citizens Australia. The other thing you could do is donate to the Jeffrey Blythe Foundation. That's a foundation that was established primarily to support the work of Blind Citizens Australia, and it provides uh, some of its capital to Blind Citizens Australia each year. Previous episodes of New Horizons will tell you more about that when we've spoken to people like Graham Innes and Bill Jolly and others about the Jeffrey Blythe Foundation. And of course, we'll be hearing from the JBF at the annual general meeting as well. I'm Vaughan Benison. I'll talk to you again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream. Of our dream.